Is it coming before it comes? A mastermind. Before he go to war, he count as one. A mastermind. Everything planned out perfect. In case y'all didn't got to get you. A mastermind. Sleeps at night, real easy. A mastermind. Cause everything he does is by the book. A mastermind. Never do a thing irrational. Lives forever. These right, tales so I'm gonna turn it over to him and let him kind of take the driver's seat so we can kind of see where this is going to go man alright All right. so like like I said it's a regular conversation so we're going to keep it easy just like that um mm -hmm. so basically we're going to talk about basically the black men in the community today in a way so now I'm going to talk about both sides so both the positive and the negative because you got you to get okay. both the best worlds so for the positive things I, I like I like that I see from our community today in the black community education and, and entrepreneurship is on the rise with both so I like that a lot of black men are actually graduating college, even though women, the black women are actually number one. Black men are on a rise with education as well. And that's what I'd like to see very, very much. Um, definitely more men who's having babies are actually taking care of their sons or their daughters, whatnot. They're taking care of their families, creating a solid foundation. And actually more men are uh, actually being there. Even though, like they're not together with the female, they're still like, I still see our generation because I think that because there's a void that we had that we were feeling from the nineties whatnot, like when fathers like just leaving their kids, just leaving the kids single mothers, whatnot. We're we're seeing that growing up, so that void is being filled. So that, I like I like to see that part from, from black men today. And um let's see also uh let's see in the negative size I see still police br brutality that I see a lot going on, whatnot. Um, I got a question for that. So, like, for police brutality. Okay. So, for you, so you think, is it possible for it to stop? If so, how? Okay. Um, no, it's, it's possible, but it's not going to stop. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why it's not going to stop is because we have to come to the um, realization that we do live in a system of white supremacy that enables that type of behavior. And even if, um, you know, when it happens... We're also living in a current state where uh, white supremacists are being deputized. So you have like a bunch of Cornerstone, Carolyn's and Betty and Poolside Becky or whatever this nonsense is. You have these women who are calling the police officers, who are calling the police on like reason. innocent little children who's selling bottles of water. And the police that. officers are actually showing up, being aggressive. Um, Tamir Rice in Ohio actually got murdered because he was outside playing with his toy BB gun and a, a suspected white supremacist called and said that there's a little boy out here playing with a gun knowing that it's an open carry state. However, even if he was some type of a midget, he still has the right to carry his gun and the cops went out there gun blazing and killed that little boy. So we just have to be honest with the, the system that we're living in. We're living in a system that enables that behavior. You got the George Zimmerman's, he's walking around here signing Confederate flags and Skittles. You know what I'm saying? It's like when they happen, these guys throw up a GoFundMe and they get paid and they become legends within the white supremacist society. So once we realize that where we're living at, the only way that we can do is figure out how to adapt. Right? Mm -hmm. And adapting doesn't mean screaming and being emotional. When you're pulled over by the police, we need to start training the youths that, hey, I got pulled over. I need to keep my calm put my phone on record. I think iPhone even have like a, a little feature where you can say uh, something about 
I've been pulled over and it start automatically recording and they'll send the recording to your emergency contacts. I would, have to, I would actually have to look more into that, but just training the black youths, especially black men and black women, because black women and children are more of a target than black men when it comes to these race soldiers. Mm. Letting them know, like, when you're pulled over, just give them your ID and be and just cooperate. None of that fussing and fighting because your life is completely out of your hands. So, no, it won't stop. It can stop if they start punishing them more, but they're not going to punish them. So they're just going to enable it, which is going to make the behavior um, even worse. And before I, I leave this point, we have to also understand how behavior works. You, The behavior never stays consistent. You never have a neutral behavior. Exactly. Um, if you have a kid that's bad, they're either going to get worse or they're going to get better. And that's only going to be based upon the punishment. So if you have a child and that child is doing bad things. If that child is not punished, he's going to continue to do bad things. He's going to continue to knock over the vase. He's going to continue to torture the, 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 the family pet. It's going to be worse and worse. It's going to continue to go bad until he's punished. So when you got these guys who got, you know, they, they shoot unarmed black people and they're not being punished, it's only going to get worse. So it went from police officers to, to basically regular white people who, who are not even uh, police officers, then it's going to be the kids that's going to be killing a black adults. You know what I'm saying? So we got to just keep an eye on that until they start punishing these guys. Nothing's going to change. Mm. Also, I was like, I made a post the other day. Well, actually yesterday about like, I was like, I was being serious about it. Like how, how much does a police department actually cost? So we can buy that, actually put like our people interview it, the same, like the police officers that feel like deserving of the opportunity to be in the community. Cause like, why would you put uh, like a police officer, a white police officer in a community they, ne they never grew up in or they never like interact with the people in that community or whatnot? Like, why would you put someone in that situation who's like, uh, as soon as they pull up to that neighborhood, they automatically assume, oh shit, I gotta watch my back now. I'm paranoid. And soon, soon as something goes down on the, on the radio, uh, I, I got my gun ready because it could be something bad or dangerous happening. You know, if you have someone like a, like a, a black officer or whatnot that, that was raised in that that community or whatnot, and they're not nervous. They, they know people in the neighborhood. They know Miss Sally down the street, Miss Bertha or whatnot. They know like little, little Kevin on, on the corner or whatnot. He, he, may, he may not be doing something right, so he can go there and probably correct them at that moment and let them know, like, okay, next time this happened. You know, this gotta be some, uh, some, some. Uh, uh, what's that word I'm looking for right there? Repercussions. Yeah, repercussions. Like yeah, something. You know, something to do with the law. At least, at least teach them first, rather than like uh, going, going after them. Like, oh, you made a mistake the first time. You're gonna get 20 years in prison or whatnot, or you might get shot or killed. Cause like, yeah, it's stupid shit like uneducation. So why would, like, how can we pose ourselves or get our own community, like, buy our own land? Get our own community, build houses around that. Around that, but first you got to secure the uh, the property you have first. So you got to get the police department first before you get anything else. Security is the, the well, most important part. Well, and well, just kind of touching on that, you have to understand, man. Uh, the police and Black Americans have such a damaged relationship that a lot of Black youth don't even want to be police officers. Um, I'm, I'm out here in Atlanta and. Uh, I've seen, I mean, shit, I, uh, that's my last curse word, but I've seen people, black people get pulled over by the police officer and, and the police is trying to recruit them to be something. I'm, 
You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it there's there's alternatives that I feel that we could look into. I know uh, I'm more open to the Black Panther Party approach. I'm not really open to black men joining the police because uh, I just think that that's something that they got that they own and we'll still be minorities within that whole entity. But if we can take the Black Panther approach and we can start arming uh, certain people who can patrol the, the communities and stuff you know like what? that, that that would be more of an effective solution in my eyes because that's a part of the Constitution. I think the Constitution says if the state or government doesn't protect, you have the right to form militias. So we have to look more into the Constitution and figure out ways. And that's why the Black Panthers were so powerful. That's why they were able to combat uh, police brutality without facing any real uh, repercussions or uh, punishment because they were fighting within the Constitution. You know what? When you said that, like, uh, actually, Tukey Williams, the guy who created gangs. Well, not really created gangs, but yeah, created Christian Bells, right? The he cr- yeah, so you credit those gangs for, for people, like, for those people to, to like protect the people in the community from police brutality. So you yeah. so you think if gang members, right? If they actually realize what the history of it was, was it for whatnot? You think they will be able to stay fighting themselves, whatnot, fight like protect the the people actually in the neighborhood rather than killing them? You think that's possible? Well I, I mean really, based on based on what I've been seeing and hearing on the streets, uh Gang violence is, is not really, you know, it's not really a a huge problem within the black community. I know we just mm-hmm. had uh, Jasmine Barnes. She was just murdered from some type of, some, I guess they said gang violence. That story seems a little weird to me. Um, I just kind of want to see how that develops. But on a general level, I don't think uh, gang members, I don't think gang violence is at an all-time high. Yeah. However, I don't think they're going to be the solution either because, um, like you said, gang gangs were created due to uh, eco- due to economic deprivation. The kids mm-hmm. they would let the kids into the Boy Scouts, so they created their own street front fraternities, and then those fraternities ended up becoming street gangs and stuff like that. And then these gangs are usually all um, are concentrated in like areas where they have like um, communities that don't have a lot of benefits. So you already got that that sense of you know, desperation there. So, I mean, there could be, I don't know how we can utilize gangs to our benefit other than to just stop gang banging altogether. But again, if you want to help change somebody's lifestyle, you got to actually give them something that's going to replace that, that void. And until, as long as we, you know, as long as there's no jobs and stuff like that, there's always going to be gang banging. So, I, I'm not sure if that can help. Maybe yeah. fraternities or something like that, but I'm not quite sure about the gangs. So. So, so, what you think we need to create? That's what's what's what you think the most important, the number one thing, like say step one to three, what steps should we should we take towards like making that making our community better, making black men better, making like black families stronger? Well, the number one thing we need to um understand is we actually need to get uh a cohesive ideology. Alright. We need to black I think black people have this this uh, negative connotation when it comes to uh, forming a black ideology. You know what I'm saying? A lot of black people think that they, that means they have to give up certain liberties or give up certain lifestyles mm-hmm. in order to become one with the community, and that's not necessarily true. What kind of life- you know what I'm saying? Like, think- say that again? What kind of lifestyles you think like uh, we're perceiving to be? Like, 
whatnot. Like for an example, we have whenever we, you know, just speaking on personal experiences, whenever I'm talking about black unity or whenever I'm saying that, yo, we need to start putting black first in everything we do. I have some people will come through and say, well, what about if I'm into intersectionality? Um, what about that? That's a huge part of my life. Nobody's telling you not to be, you know, nobody's telling you what you need to do with your sexuality. Nobody's telling you what to do with your religion. All I'm saying is we need to come together and say whatever we're doing, it has to equal black empowerment. If you're a music artist, then your music needs to empower the people. If you're a politician, then you need to be working to empower the people. If you are a preacher, then you need to be preaching messages that's going to empower the people. You know what I'm saying? If you got podcasting or if you doing fashion design, make sure you're doing it to empower the minds of people so we can all understand that this is what we need to do. We have a lot of doing something black means they're not going to make a lot of money. They want to cross over and appeal to the dominant white society. And all that does is that, that weakens our movement. Mm -hmm. But if we can all come together and say, look, black man, whatever you're doing, you need to empower the community and empowering the, empowering the community means taking care of your family it means taking care of the black woman it means taking care of the black child because that is the community you know what i'm saying or when you're starting your own business are you going to start a business that's going to empower the community or are you going to just start a, selling drugs is not helping the community no, definitely all right not. so yeah so for one we really need to get an ideology we need to understand that coming together doesn't necessarily mean we have to give up who we are we can be individuals yet we can be unified yeah, so i think that's crucial yeah. um another and, a, and another one we really need to understand the power of propaganda um that's one of the main things i focus on i think on a general level if we call out game banging or if we call out drugs or alcoholism or a domestic violence or any of those types of things. I think on a general level, black people can, can can come together and say, yeah, those are issues within the black community. However, I really do feel like black Americans look at propaganda as if, we're, as if it's a conspiracy. Like if we're talking about the Illuminati or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one thing we need to understand that it's not really, it's really, it's real. You know what I'm saying? We have, you have people who actually come through and they study uh, the black community and they try to figure out ways they can exploit the black community. I think if you guys go on YouTube right now, you can uh, type in an article called How to Sell to the Negro. It's basically uh, a, a little informative documentary of white people spying in the black community and it's kind of giving you ways on how you can talk to them, how you can sell to them, how you can infiltrate their market because although yeah, we're, that's a separate because we're making oh, it so works, bro. Right, hold for a second here. Hold on. Are you good? All right, cool, cool. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah all, I think all black Americans need to, when this live, live stream is over, all of y'all need to go to YouTube and type in how to sell to the Negro and watch this documentary and you will be amazed at how much effort and time these white communities or these white supremacists spend Thinking about us, thinking about how to sell to us, how to get our money, how to get our dollars. And you got, and this was back in like, I can't remember the exact date, but this was back when Ebony Magazine first came into play. But you guys got to understand, like, if they're putting, if they did that, if they put that much energy in trying to understand the community, you got to be insane to think that they're not doing it now. And on a general level, we don't have enough black people who are actually trying to figure out 
white supremacy and how white people think because they're too busy trying to integrate. They're too busy trying to, uh, you know, fit in with the dominant white society. Mm-hmm. But once, like I said, that ideology is important. And once we get that ideology, we'll understand that black people are not dark-skinned white people. You understand what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. are a separate community. We have our own values and our own beliefs. We're not, we don't have to think and behave like them. So, those are just two of the main things I think we need to focus on. The black ideology and understanding that propaganda is something that's used to destroy the black community. Definitely, definitely. So, basically, we need to, like, just create our things and basically invest in our, like, our own businesses and whatnot. Uh, I was thinking stuff like, uh, in community, I see, like, around, I'm from Charleston, the Johns Island area in Charleston. So, like, from mm-hmm. the Charleston area, there's some places, um, it's by the, the it's called it's called the Citadel. It's called the Back to Green, which is like in the in the, the hood part of yeah, uh, Charleston downtown. So like, uh, we I was in this program where uh, we went down there. We started a little garden for the for the neighborhood. So in the garden, the community can come and get some free food or whatnot. So uh-huh. you think that would be like a start too as well, like basically creating a garden for a community. That way, people don't have to worry about. Uh, or rely on food stamps and stuff like that. They can actually have food. They can eat fresh food at that. You know, because health, you know, health is wealth in most most cases. So, like, you think that'd be a, like a good start as well? Yeah, I think anything that's going to help you know help people uh, help the black community is going to be a start. But again, without that, without that ideology, bro, it's it's kind of, it's going mm-hmm. to be counterproductive and very difficult to get yeah. that message across because you got a lot of black people when you when we're talking about eating healthy or being vegetarians or becoming vegan that's like an inside joke in the black community They're like nigga what you don't want to eat yeah. this, this this good pig feet like we like to kind of pick at the yeah. people who want to choose that healthy lifestyle but you know we like i said once we get that that understanding like yo we need to start eating better we need to start drinking more water we need to start taking more care of our bodies uh, that's going to help people look more into saying, well, I want to eat more fruit. Well, how can I get more fruit? And then that's going to lead them to your project where they can say, oh, well, he got this project where he's giving out free food. But as long mm-hmm. as we as long as we continue to make it seem like eating unhealthy is cool, that, that just, we're going to continue to have certain issues. And again, that falls in line with the black ideology mm-hmm. and propaganda because when you look at TV or when you look at, you know, certain television shows, it's glamorized that black people we pride ourselves on eating soul food, which is actually slave food that was just left over straps, and we just happened to make it, make it what it was. It's all, it all subconsciously programmed us to think like, yo, if I'm gonna become a vegetarian, man, yeah. I don't want to give up that meat. I can't think about not eating meat. You know what I'm saying? Or, and now all of that stuff ties into like, it's not just food. It's the way you dress, the way you think, religion, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, we, we got this fear of loss that we're afraid to let go of empty traditions. But again, in due time, we're going to get there. But I do think it's a good start that, you know, okay. we have people that's already ahead of the curve getting that started. So whenever, because people are waking up and when people do wake up and they get to that point where they do want to eat healthier, they know that, oh, okay, there's a garden in, in Charleston that we can go to that can give us some free food. We don't have to rely on, exactly. on these food stamps and stuff like that. So that's a positive start. Oh, I yeah, think. yeah. Or definitely just, you know, like, even going to, like, a, uh, like, a, like, a, every Saturday at Lowe's, I think at Lowe's or some other Home Depot, they do, like, free classes on, uh, actually, like, building stuff in the house, how to install, like, vanities whatnot, or, like, how to, like, start a house from scratch. So, basically, I was thinking as well, 
So, you know, investments. So we can invest, you know, invest on land. Like there's no one around. Start our own community. We can start by like either renovating houses in the neighborhood, gentrifying for ourselves in a way. I, I call it black gentrification in a way. Ah. So we can go like if 10 people on a Saturday can go to one person's house each Saturday and just repaint, redo it, you know, make it make make it suitable, cut grass. I know someone who's doing that right now. In the, uh, sleeps, for sleeps and needs in Knox, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, if we can do that every Saturday, you think that would be like uh, better for communities as well? Like, be basically like the old houses that we live in, and you think it's called Section Eight, whatnot. We can turn Section Eight to actually like uh, a nice neighborhood if you really wanted to. For a dollar a month, most people live in Section Eight for a dollar a month. You can like you can basically get a job. Well, I'm not sure you can supposed to have a job or not, but you can get a job. And reinvest into that neighborhood, uh, buy out the landlord, buy out their contract, uh, own it, uh, and then basically reinvent it for the community. Uh, okay, I think that's a beautiful idea, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you know what I'm saying when we're trying to get that done on a mass level, on a mass level, like we really have to sit down and be very innovative about our business strategy on how we're going to get that done. Yeah. Because another thing, um, I like to try to. I like to try to bring people back to reality when it comes to uh, coming up with these innovative solutions. We also got to we also have to keep in mind the current state of Black Americans, Black people. Uh, we're very we're working class people. A lot of us live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, so a lot of us too. won't really have enough free time to actually do stuff like that. That way we got we got to have some warriors who's willing to sacrifice and mm-hmm. get that done. We don't have enough warriors in the communities. We got too many workers. So. We have to figure out ways that we can kind of get people on board with that project that, you know, that that doesn't really take away from their livelihood because mm-hmm. a lot of people can't afford to just take off. So I, there's a lot like we got uh, the Curtis York in here that we can network with. There's a lot of people yeah, I feel I that, that, that we can network time. with that that kind of aligns with their business strategies. Mm-hmm. And then once we get a, a good amount of momentum. Maybe we can start promoting it more, and we can get more people to to jump on that project. But that is that is a positive thing because yeah. we're going to need a lot of capital to back that project. Yeah, up. it's more mental than anything. Like, um, basically, like because I mean, like most people work nine to five, whatnot. So you could say, right, you know, you get off work at five o'clock, come home, say you take about thirty minutes. So about five thirty to like six thirty, you can meet up in a neighborhood somewhere. Okay, uh, let's start. On this house, let's start by cutting the grass first. Cut the grass first, or whatnot. Start from the outside, like uh, ask the person, like, "Hey, do you need your bathroom renovation?" Start from the bathroom, on up, and like, based an hour a day, you know, that's what, what seven hours a week, whatnot, plus a whole probably a whole weekend off. That's like more than more than twenty four hours. You can actually put in work with that, and that, a whole year that goes a long way. Like, it, it, I know it's like you gotta have patience. The key is patience, cause you don't want people want things to happen just like that, like on a snap of time. But patience is key. I know we, you know, we the, yeah. So we the one and now generation, and you know, if you wait, when when you wait for something, it's actually worth it. So that's 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 the best part. Yeah, I feel you, man. That sounds like a good idea. Okay. Yeah, we we'll get with with Curtis York. We'll definitely get with you, brother. That way, you can make that happen yeah, for that's sure, man. That's. So that's something I always had in my mind. Like, why, why don't we just help each other out in the neighborhood? No one else. We can't depend on no one else to help us out. So we might as well do it ourselves. You know. Yeah, and a lot of that, a lot of that falls on to black leadership. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, I know we live in a society where they try to make it seem as if um, leadership is very universal amongst gender, but we also have to understand that in this, in today's world, regardless of what you see on TV, uh, the black man or the man, the male, is looked at as the leader of the of the household, the family, the unit, the unit, and that's. That's more, that's not something that's, you know, that's natural when it comes to certain other other cultures because that's that's more of a Eurocentric ideology. Yeah. That's the Eurocentric thing. They, they brought that over here where the man is the lead, the masculine energy is supposed to lead and stuff like that. So a lot of that lack of direction comes because there's no, there's no strength, there's no strong leadership within the black community. You understand what I'm saying? Like a lot of, a lot of black men we have been we have been taught to think in a certain way we have been taught to value other things like we have been taught to value benefits and stuff like that that's not really a masculine trait yeah. um like what you mean uh, if you got okay go, go and give an example of that all right so if just this is some research that i got um from reading the book called the way of the superior man and it kind of studies uh the primal instincts of men and uh women and it goes back to like, like I say, the the primal DNA, the natural instincts of a man. The natural instincts of a man is not to gather a bunch of benefits or resources. You know what I'm saying? Like that's more of a feminine trait. A, a femi- that's more of a, a feminine type of behavior. Men are usually out slaying dragons. Men are usually out building, uh, out hunting. You know what I'm saying? Like finding shelter and doing stuff like that that's going to protect you know what I'm saying the black man has been feminized to the point where we're thinking in a feminist mindset where we're thinking well yeah I see that woman over there getting beat up yeah. but I don't want to lose my job oh yeah I see that um, yeah I know I need to build my own business but I might not make enough money to 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 keep this nice house that's not a masculine way of thinking masculine men just go out and slay the dragon and until we get until we we get to that point where enough men are on code and we have that ideology where we're saying, look, I don't care how much money I'm going to lose out on. I'm going to fight for the community. Yeah. I don't care how much I don't care how many degrees I got. I don't care how much how marketable I am to the dominant white society. How much money I can make, or I mean, you know, I'm going to do what I can to protect the community at any means necessary. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, and it's going to be to help build the community. Until we get that mindset, we're always going to be lacking. I mean, you know, we get we got like a lot of we got like a lot of women who are stepping more a little more stepping oh, yeah, up to yeah. the plate because they're, they're, they're the best of the queens, man. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're stepping up to the plate, but that's why you know there is a lack of education when it comes to to black men mm-hmm. in regards to how women view education. There's a lack of uh, employment and stuff like that, and a lot of that stuff is designed by uh, white supremacy. Um, they purposely, you know. A black man with a college degree is still twice as likely not to be hired in, in regards to a, a white man who doesn't have a college degree and a criminal record. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So by purpose, it's been designed for us to to seem like we're not um, useful when it comes to society. So that 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 mindset, I believe, it kind of it kind of subconsciously. A lot of women think that it's designed for a lot of women to think that well, black man is not really doing this because they don't have the same type of education I got. They don't make as much money as I make. 
not understanding that there's a systematic uh, uh, system that's backing that whole type of, uh, what you call it, like that whole cycle. You know yeah, what, I'm yeah. what I'm saying? Because uh, I think that the higher, the, the more the more degrees you get as a black man, the least likely you're able to, to get a job, a decent, good job. So that's why you see like a lot of guys with PhDs and masters because they start their own businesses because they know they're not really getting called back. Yeah, Whereas so you can have a woman who don't Right. Whereas you can have a woman who don't even have a college degree. She's mm-hmm. more likely to get called back for the job. And like Dr. Francis Crest, Dr. Francis Crest Wilson said, when you have that type of dynamic, when you have white supremacists who are hiring black women, and this is a black woman who said this. She studied psychiatry and stuff like that. She said, uh, whenever you have a, a system that's over hiring uh, black women and not hiring the black men, that's creating havoc within the black community because we are living in a society that says that the man is supposed to be the breadwinner. The man is supposed to be the head of the household. The man is supposed to be the strength. Yet you got him in a system that treats, that makes him feel inferior because we are the, the black American race is the only race that has the female counterpart out earning financially out earning the male counterpart. Mm. You don't see that in the Asian community. You don't even see that in the white community. You don't see that in any other community but the black community. And you wonder why there's this havoc, there's this this infighting that goes on within the community because all these other communities, they are more in line with societal norms, whereas the black community is like the Willie Lynch theory 2.0. All right? You take the black woman who's not, so who's not looked at as like a strength figure, yeah. and you make her the strength figure, and now she's out here getting beat up by white men. And then you got the black man who's afraid to fight for that woman because he's been he's been broken down into a way where he don't even think he should do it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So there's a lot that goes on. And again, yeah. once you get an ideology, mm-hmm. like a lot of black women are on board, they understand that this is a system, a systematic stagnation that's being placed upon black men. And it, it kind of makes us seem like we're less than. So you see like a lot of women who's saying, you know, they do like little symbolic things where they say like, we love black men, we do this, we do that. But it's going to take more than that. It's going to take a level of understanding, like a letter, a level of uh, us knowing that there's there's powers at work that we're not even fully aware of. Mm-hmm. And we can't just ask black women to be understanding too because we also have to understand as black men, like, yo, the system up. is against us. They yeah. don't want to hire us. They don't want to do this. So we got to... We got to be innovative and creative and start our own businesses and stuff like that. And when you get the black woman and the black man working together in unison, oh, man, that's powerful. a powerful dynamic. Yeah. And like I, I mentioned earlier about um, that YouTube documentary, How to Sell to the Negro, they actually talked about separating the black man and the black woman because the key to, the key of creating a healthy community isn't about having a, a woman figure who makes a, a black woman who makes a lot of money. It's not about having a black man who makes a lot of money. It's not about having a black man with a lot of strength. It's the black man and the black woman being together as a unit. When we come together as a unit, we're fucking powerful, bro. It's unstoppable. And that's why the system is trying so hard to divide the two. That's why you had the Clintons and all of these presidents do everything they can to separate the black man from the black woman. All right? They threw us in jail and put the women on uh, welfare and stuff like that because they want the women to have this this dependency on the system and not the dependency on her natural protector, the black man. Mm. And then you have the black man who's thrown in prison. He's being sodomized. He's being raped. He comes back and he, 
he's aggressive, he doesn't treat the woman right. So it's a whole cycle that we really need to understand. And like I said, this goes against the black. This goes ties into the black ideology and propaganda. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. It's cool for men to sell drugs, and then we get locked up. You know what I'm saying? It's cool for certain behaviors that happen amongst black men and black women, and all it all it's doing is tearing the black community down. Yep. Then the, the family's weakened, and once the family weakened, your kids are being weakened or taking advantage of mm-hmm. at least. Then the whole the whole school it's a, system. It's a domino yep. effect, bro. Yep. School system teaching them things like uh, I I just never just understood that how. Like, as soon as I got in middle school, since I got in sixth grade, got taught about slavery mm-hmm. and all that. That's the first history lesson that basically got taught about in African uh, American community. So, it never talked about, it never started off like, yeah, you know, you were kings and queens one time in, in Egypt, then, you know, the ancestors, my ancestors were, who a teacher is, the ancestors of America uh, brought you mm-hmm. your, your kings and queens over, then basically fucked them up. And now this is where you, they, they never start off with the positive, whatnot, what happened. They all start off. Oh, this is slavery. This is your mindset. So now you're you're going through middle school thinking, oh man, yeah, we were slaves back in the day. Your mindset has changed now. Your mentality is like, it's like basically being created to now work for somebody. So now it's like uh, you never you never being taught like in school as like to get your own, start your own business or make financial investments for your future. You guys have been taught. You're you're being taught basically to be a worker, employee, in a way, and not be a slave. Yeah, basically. So society slave. So you become basically American mm-hmm. slave to society slave. So what you mm-hmm. think about that? Yeah, I think that's true, man. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask black men to be more accountable on that on that point because again, we have to start finding ways to not be so dependent on the system of white supremacy. And the only way we can do that is by starting our own businesses, by being innovative, by doing what we can, using our strengths to our, you know, using our, what we're naturally good at, our, our gifts from God, yeah. and try to create something that we can pass down. Because a lot of black men, unfortunately, we have this thing where we want to think for ourselves. We want to just game, game, game. We want to look, we want to look cool. We want to have swag, and we're not actually trying to be leaders and build. And I know, like, you got, like, a lot of men who think, well, women like to shop and do this, so we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But, I mean, oh, I, a woman is a reflection of a man's energy. You understand what I'm saying? Like, when you got a black man and he's out and he's doing this thing, he, he's out grinding, he's out trying to uplift the community, he's up trying to, he's, he's trying to empower himself, he's getting more educated, he's seeking better employment, he's trying to build up the community. The woman usually takes on that same energy. That's why when you walk in the malls, couples, when you look at couples, they usually look alike. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And people always wonder, like, how do they, why do they look alike? It's, that's not by design. You, you had two different individuals who became one. And Usually, the woman takes on the ideology of the black man, the black leadership. I mean, that, not all the time. Sometimes it's, the, it's, it's reversed, but more, more, uh, more times than than it, it usually goes the other way. You understand what I'm saying? Um, but a woman is a reflection of a man's energy. You know what I'm saying? If you if you're eating healthy and if you're reading and if you're doing this and you're doing that, she's gonna take soup. She's gonna nurture you. She's gonna make sure you stay strong. And in order for her to do that, she has to identify with. She have to become you, you know what I'm saying? And then, by by those two coming together like that, the black man also has the better understanding of the black woman. You know what I'm saying? Like you understand her role, her you understand, you start to appreciate her feminine side a lot more. 
and she start to appreciate your your masculine side more. And that's how you become that powerful dynamic. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. So, yeah. So I mean, if we want to have more businesses, I mean, we really, we really gotta, we really, really, really gotta step it up. And then once you see that, once a black man starts stepping it up, you know what I'm saying? We can become better leaders, and the black woman also help us and make sure we stay on track, make sure our minds is clear, make sure we're not making stupid decisions because women are more logical than men. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when mean, it comes to certain, it's, it's like I mean, basically they all. I mean, most of the time, hundred percent of the time, they always right. You know, we, you know, we as guys want to feel like we right all the time, so we always clash with them. But if we just sit back and listen most of the time, we'll be way, we'd be at a better like part of our lives than we are now. In the way we get in there, we get yeah, in we, there. We, we get in there as a community. I, I see that now, but it's it, females, queens, they, they, they're like basically the best source that we have. We stepping up, but basically, they're they're our guide in the way as well. So, you know, okay, definitely. Let's see, uh, what else we, we got to talk about? Um, you, you said something about you know, black men are more like docile. Is it docile you said? In the world today? Docile. Docile. Yeah. All right. What you mean by that? I what I mean by that is basically mm-hmm. um, black men are more, they're, they're weak. You know what I'm saying? We've been beaten down. To, we've been beaten into submission. We've been publicly, we've been psychologically bad to be subservient and to be submissive. And unfortunately, that's why you see like um, a lot of black women who are just happy not fucking with black men mm-hmm. because that behavior is not attractive. They don't find that, you know what I'm saying? They don't find that behavior desirable. You know what I'm saying? They, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I always say this to my friends. If your woman is not, a, if a, if a white person or anybody disrespect your woman and she's not afraid to come home and tell you because she's scared you're going to go and chop that dude head off, then you're not man enough. You're not masculine enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to feel like this dude is willing to do anything for me to the point where if I tell him if somebody disrespect me, he might fucking kill somebody. So if you if, the, if your woman don't feel like that, then you're not really masculine enough. And and we also got to understand that there's, you know, there's like a an agenda that's going out to make ma- black masculinity seem like it's a negative trait, but it's not. That you know what I'm saying it's not a negative trait, but that's that propaganda is making black men believe that it's a negative trait. Right. That's why we're so submissive. That's why you see like a lot of black men getting their dreads cut off, or you see like a lot of black men on. On, on the internet crying because their girlfriend broke up with him. Like, it's just yeah. a bunch of weak stuff. Yeah. And and then I see, a, then on the same token, I see black black men complaining about black women doing this, black women doing that. I'm like, bro, y'all acting, y'all, do you think women will want to be with somebody who's acting so weak and... Acting like a female. Like, yeah. And I don't want to say it because I don't think females act like that. You know what I'm saying? Not in today's world. Females nah, are a lot nah. more emotional emotionally stable than that we can't have a bunch of attention seeking black men out here just doing whatever they can just so they can get some attention and then exactly. and the black woman is out here manning up doing things that's that's a considered a masculine threat yeah. we want to say too aggressive like, you know what i'm like, saying yeah. so if we want to like I, I, i'm a, i believe if a black man wants women to be more feminine within their vicinity then he needs to be more masculine because exactly. again the way of the superior man states that you can't have two masculines on the same in the same token and you can't have two feminine even when you have two women who date each other 
One is masculine and one is feminine. Exactly. By the nature of a, a romantic relationship, you have to have polar opposites of a masculine energy and a feminine energy. So if your woman is if your woman is too masculine, then that means you're too feminine as a man. And if you're and if you're masculine, that woman is going to naturally go into a natural primal instinct, which is to be feminine and to nurture you and to ask you what's going on and talk to you and keep you level-headed. So again, if anybody want more information on feminine energy mm-hmm. and masculine energy, I suggest you all read The Way of the Superior Man. It's a huge eye-opener for me. It helped me understand feminine feminine energy and masculine energy. And that's just what I believe. I believe a lot of black women are more aggressive today because a lot of black men are more feminine today. Exactly. And not saying it in a negative way, like I said, in gay relationships, you're always going to have a masculine energy and a, a feminine energy. So it's not trying to disparage anybody's sexual orientation. It's just that whatever relationship you choose to be in, you have to come to that understanding, like, who's the masculine, who's the feminine, all exactly. right? You can't have two. It's not going to work. Because you can't, you can't be home all day. Your, your girl come home. She done get off work. Your ass on the couch. Then, then you done just thermostat this shit. You ain't pay no bill in the household. She paying all the bills. Now that's like, now now you're like, oh, babe, can you just, can you go wash the dishes or whatnot, whatnot, and, or uh, uh, can you put the kids to bed? That's some, that's some, that's BS. Like, why would you put your, your queen Because black situation? men, like I said, that's propaganda. Black men thinks that's feminine duty. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we think washing dishes and folding clothes and mm-hmm. taking this like washing kids we think we think that's feminine you know what i'm saying but we have to understand society is more complex now you know what i'm saying women are being more empowered to be leaders in, in today's world so we have to as men and then uh, we have to understand that yo this is just the world we're living in this is the world we're living in you know what i'm saying women can bring home more money women can be more uh leaders within the work environment so if we're going to do that we need to adapt you know what I'm saying? You can adapt, but you just have to make sure, you know, we, we just have to make sure what we're doing is just best for the community, is best exactly. for you know, the ideology. And then once we get that in our brains, none of this stuff will seem like a big, big issue. Yeah, it's all mental. But still, it's, yep. all, it's more action than mental. You got to put it in action with the mental. So, mm-hmm. that's what we got to do. got to step up. So, you know, we right. as, as, as men in this world, then that's basically what it is. I mean, just to do a lack of fatherhood throughout their lives, you know, our mothers just did did well stepping up, whatnot. But we do have coaches, we do have like mentors that we see other places, school, whatnot, or or different sports. That's why sports teams are very important in the community as well. To you know, to fill that void in a way. So we we can't be that that man that that, that queen needs, you know, in the community. We can be that man that the kids needs in the community and the world needs. That way, we make our community much much stronger as well. So that's that's what right. I got on that for sure. All right, so we're running we're running low on time. Uh, just one more question, and then we'll just try to wrap it up and just kind of throw some promo out there real quick. All right, all right. Um, what questions you got for me, man? Uh, well, while we got such a limited amount of time, we yeah. can't really get too deep into things. So, kind of yeah. let people know where they can find you really quick. Oh yeah, so right, Instagram, of course, Ron to Riches with a uh, you know with a mm-hmm. number two instead of like the two spelled out. Podcast, you can do uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify. Leave a, leave a comment so they can know who you are. Bro. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. I'm, I'm going to leave a comment right now. Um, Definitely the Lunch Meat Podcast. Um, hold on here. All right, the Lunch Meat Podcast is uh, my platform. So, while you're letting everybody know where 
know. Um, um, I would like to thank all the listeners and supporters for supporting the new radio podcast. It's available right now on Apple Podcasts. We're working to get it on Google Play, Spotify, and all that other good stuff. Um, again, uh, we're pushing like 1.5 thousand hits, so we appreciate everybody. If y'all go back, check it out. Uh, we really would appreciate it if you guys would leave uh, a genuine uplifting review and if you guys can also leave a rating that would go a long way we i mean we ain't even at week two yet and we got over 50 reviews so that's that's pretty good for in, in the podcast industry um, and also make sure y'all take that same energy that same love to the lunch meat podcast make sure y'all leave him some reviews some ratings you know what i'm saying go follow him on his page interact with him we all gotta support each other man black media is very important in order for us to fight the propaganda machine, which is the, the one of the most useful tools for white supremacy, we got to start uplifting black platforms, all right? He's a young guy. I'm a young black guy. We yeah. got our own platforms. We got Lord Newby in the house. So make sure y'all go leave them reviews right now. What are you about to say, bro? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, if, if anybody that's on, like, right now want to talk about anything, you can DM me, and I'm open to any any special guest or any guest, like, that's wants to be mm. part of my podcast. Talk about anything from education to to relationships to finances, whatnot, uh, to even problems that or problems that you may have in your life. I talk about every single thing, so I'm open to every platform. Right, and I, I check his platform out all the time. His his episodes are really not long; they're right, short, quick to the point. So, yeah, go check out some good content over there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and me, uh, I had a lot of stuff that I wanted to talk about today, but I wanted to just kind of clear my schedule and let him get on it. And share with the Appreciate people because, that, like I said, I enjoy I enjoy promoting black black entrepreneurship and black entities. So it starts with us, you know. what I'm saying we can't say we need this, we need that, and we don't actively do that. We don't actively display that behavior. So again, I'm I'm opening the invite to all of my listeners, believers, and supporters. If y'all want to come on live one Sunday and y'all got an interesting topic y'all want to talk about, hey, I'm not stingy. I don't care about how many followers you got. I don't care about how many likes you get. All I care about is my people and likes, views, and comments. That don't really reflect the state of mind when it comes mm-hmm. to my people. I want to promote, get everybody out there. I'm not selfish. Success is the sky, and there's room for everybody to be in the sky. You feel me? So, again, check out the Lunch Meat Podcast. It's Appreciate basically that. everywhere. And, <laughs> again, y'all make sure y'all go check out news, new radio podcast, baby. You know what I'm saying? We, we taking over. Black media is on the rise, and you know, it's a beautiful thing. All right. You got anything else, bro? That's all, man. I appreciate you having me, man. For real. All right, man. No problem, man. Be, be blessed, bro. All right. I'm thanks, just... bro. All right. All right, man. No problem, man. It taught me the lessons of how to strong stand And how to weak end up in the coffin Play it cool, that's the old school rule, man Keep your ears to the streets, you'll never lose, man Make your enemies believe there's love there Present war, believe it's all fair Rock of the sleep in your jeep And you ain't never know the plot was for me It's for my mastermind